Father Jonathan, how are you? Deacon David, doing all right. How are you? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Just in the swing of July. <laughs> swing of July. It's only the 6th. <laughs> it is the 6th of July. Uh, and you're you're calling me here from Houston. Are you, You've you been in Houston for a while now, huh? A pretty long while, yeah. I finished my quarantine, oh, a week ago today. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I've been in the free for, for a week, but <laughs> technically not because Houston is in a pretty bad way. So, Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, good. So I'm in the swing of summer here in St. Louis and just kind of, I, I took last week off from work. And so this week I'm kind of back in the swing of teaching and, and stuffs. Um, but I'm still not preaching out in the free in the world yet. So maybe this upcoming Sunday I'll be out in the, in the parishes preaching. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's my hope. Oh, right, um, right, right. How about you? Well, I will have a Sunday mass next week. In the school? In the school. The school does daily live stream mass and uh-huh. uh I don't know that there's a Saturday mass, but there's a live streamed Sunday mass as well. Okay. So I'll take a couple of those. I've already taken a couple of daily masses. Well, one. Mm-hmm. And then this week I've got two and then I'll have um next next Sunday. Well, there so, you go. This is your chance to get your YouTube channel back in operation. Yeah, yeah something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Well, we look forward to it. Um, yeah. So this upcoming Sunday, I think these are some pretty stellar readings. Yeah. Yeah. They're interesting to say the least. Um, we're back to imagine... the option of shorter, oh, yeah. long reading. Well, okay. So about that, about Never that right choose quick. the short reading. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> so Usually, 99% of the time, I'm with you. You think this, this is the time? I think this time, I don't see really a problem. Actually, I see more problems with <laughs> reading the longer reading. Uh-huh. Like, Say more. <laughs> Say more. Okay. Okay. So, the shorter reading just lays out the parable. Yeah. And done. You know? And the parable just is a wonderful window into all this great stuff you can do in the homily about basically what Jesus ends up doing in the long form, mm-hmm. which is explaining the parable. Yeah. And so great. Like he explains the parable, but like if you just give the small pair, like the small reading, then you can do some of that, you know, application stuff in the homily. Uh, but the, I think the, the biggest down or, or the biggest downside to the long reading is this whole middle section of why Isaiah? parables. Yeah. I have no idea what Jesus is talking about. <laughs> Like, this is, doesn't read so, well, you know? So, okay, 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 okay. You think that you can do a better job explaining the parable than Jesus? I did not say that. Uh, <laughs> I I do think that I would prop like, if I took the short option, I probably would just say what Jesus says in the long so form. why not just let Jesus say it then? Because the long form also has this very cumbersome middle section that's really weird. Like, I don't know what to do with it, you know? So, like, rather than throwing that into the mix, just leaving all of that out and interpreting the parable as such. Like, I mean, Hmm. what would you do with all this middle stuff? Like, because knowledge of the mysteries and anyone who has will be given more and people who have less (laughs) will be taken away. And yeah, what does it mean? mean? (laughs) Well, okay. So, David, here's the thing about parables that I think is lost on the modern reader. Like, we... I'm we a don't guy. really we don't really get it. Okay. Like Jesus is giving us a story about how to be about how to be a bad farmer. <laughs> like no farmer would do the things that this sower is doing. That's true. 
And the people then who were, in fact, farmers and fishermen would have known this. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, uh, there's kind of a silliness to it all. Okay. Um, he's, in a sense, and I don't mean this, you know, critically, like he's he's going from absurdity to say, like, we're going to use this, this agricultural image, but mm-hmm. it's not going to make sense on purpose because it's not supposed to be about a farmer. Okay. And so the idea is to get you thinking about the kingdom of God and not about okay. farming. Okay. That's just the means to the end. And I think that's what Isaiah is saying there. Like, you think you're going to know what something is, what, if you just look at the surface level, then you're going to get a certain reading. But that's really not where the kingdom where uh-huh. the kingdom lies, like where the kingdom lives. It's, you have to go deeper. Okay. Um, so so read, read for me what you're reading here, the, the Isaiah part. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which, which says, how, how is what comes after that your point? You shall indeed hear, but not understand. So like you're hearing a literal sense, but not getting it? Yeah, yeah. If you're thinking about it, farming, you're missing the point. Is yeah, I mean, it's like the difference between hearing and looking versus listening and seeing. Mm-hmm. Like okay. you can hear a bunch of things, but are you actually listening to what's being said? Mm-hmm. You can look around and, you know, see a lot, but are you actually seeing what's going on? Like those mm-hmm. are two very different things. Right. Um, okay. So why does Jesus speak in parables? Because he's trying to get us to to actually see and to actually hear. The deeper uh, reality. To listen. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think it has to come from that absurdity because as soon as you... You think you know what's going on, but you're also saying, well, this can't be right because that's not how farmers work. And so <laughs> you stop thinking about how bad this farmer is because obviously he's not trying to tell you about that. So you think, okay, uh-huh. well, what does this actually mean? Right. And okay. I think there's huge amount. I mean, that's why we read fiction. That's why we read poetry so that we can think about these normal mundane things uh-huh. in a different way. Right. Okay. So we, we can focus on the actual parable here for our homily but we could also maybe look at this middle section as maybe even something more important than just the actual parable itself which is how does jesus teach and jesus is teaching through absurdity through extreme analogy to try and get us to go beyond literal sense to go beyond what we just hear and to get to know the spiritual reality so he's he's teaching in an ordinary way to try and communicate an extraordinary reality you know and this is exactly why when i was teaching scripture to to high school freshmen why i would wait to do genesis um so i would i would do the old testament starting with abraham and then go at the very end after the exile start um start genesis Right. Because it's a different, like, how are you going to teach Genesis chapters one and two if you're only looking at this as a historical text? Well, you're okay. not going to get it. You're going to turn into a fundamentalist. Right. And it's right. not about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's, okay. So I want you to like finish your train of thought here. So like, I, I have something that I'm going to bring out in a second, but I want you to finish your train of thought here. What, what then do you think is the point of the gospel today? Like, well, how would you summarize this in a homily that you would want to make sure you read the long form. I think it's just giving us a fuller sense of, you know, he, I mean, how many people do you know, maybe even yourself, David, 
mm-hmm. um, are confused by parables. <laughs> like it's it's a confusing thing. Like we don't really know what to make of it a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think this is that's kind of what we're what we're getting here. The disciples are saying, "Why are you talking to us in this way?" <laughs> they literally say that. Yeah. Uh, and he says, "Well, because you know, there's a lot more going on than just telling stories, or even just giving you um, a grocery list or a you know a dry textbook version. Like that's mm-hmm. not exciting. That's not what catches our hearts on fire." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gives them an explanation and says, "Well, here's here's what we do. Like." Um, you are the one, and I don't think, and this is the other beautiful thing about it, like he gives us the example, or the um, his own explanation of what he means by this, but I don't think we're limited to just that. Like, I think we can right. play with it and look at how, you know, how, what are other ways, that's that's how we interpret scripture, like. Right, right. Um, right, so for you, what is the what is the thing here that you're preaching on? Are you, would you focus on the parable itself, do you think, do you th- or do you think you would focus more on Jesus's method? Yeah, I think it would be more method for sure. Um, like this using, is how using Jesus, the parable, like this right. is how we kind of understand. I mean, you could look at the parable itself as um, a way of interpreting scripture. Mm-hmm, like, are you mm-hmm. the one that just reads it and dismisses it? Are you the one that only stays on the surface? Or are you the one that ta- that goes deeper and to see what is actually being said beyond just the words that are written? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. So I think this is good. This is good. Focusing on Jesus' method as like the focus of the homily in terms of like how it is that, what is he trying to communicate beyond just the mere words? Now, not not to get too like controversial, but like I think part of the problem with this reading is that it can smack of a kind of like secret knowledge or something of like you don't get it, you know, or a few get it. A few can kind of clue into what Jesus is saying. Yeah. It's sort of a, a criticism I can have of even Jesus here, if I can even be so bold, of just saying, like, what does it mean to say that, why don't you speak plainly? You know, like there's, I don't know, I think a lot of Christians can even critique pastors and preachers for being for being kind of, like, opaque in their meaning or duplicitous in their intention. And it's like, why not just speak plainly? Because yeah, then but there I mean, can be a few who can say, like, I have the secret knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, and so I'm I'm the elect. You know, what happens when you tell uh, a child, hey, don't do that. Don't touch that stovetop. They touch what it. Are they? They touch it. Exactly. Just saying, hey, don't do this. Do that. Does nothing. We don't mm-hmm. listen to that. <laughs> it has to be something that we can, that we can interpret, that, that we can make our own. Like that's mm-hmm. how human beings work. Right. And I think Jesus knows that. And so he's not just giving us a short, I mean, if he just told us, you know, do good and avoid evil. Like, okay, that's not much Mm -hmm. of a gospel, even though it's the truth. And that's what we're all called to do. Mm -hmm. Like, would you listen with, with that, with those words of God change your heart? If all Jesus said was, yeah, you know, whatever, just do good and avoid evil. You know, Hey, go, go do this and don't do that. Right. Right. Like, how does Um, that inspire? It doesn't. Yeah. I mean, it's that kind of legalism is not, it's, it's clear, but it's also not, yeah, and I and I know. don't think I I have heard you know the 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 critique that you know oh oh well only those planted on fertile soil can so only those born into affluence or you know whatever can possibly be good or or you know whatever like that and I mean I just find that to be a uh, quite frankly a surface level you know fundamentalist reading that I don't mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. I think the parable itself is arguing against that reading right um, yeah. 
Okay, so this is the thing that I was going to bring out that I think may may kind of prove your point of what Jesus is doing here um, and may help me understand a little bit. Um, so the whole text from Isaiah begins with, you shall indeed hear but not understand. Because you're hearing the gospel, you're hearing the parable, but perhaps you're not actually understanding. But the last line of Isaiah is very key. So um, unless they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts, mm-hmm. not with their brains. Right. So understand with your hearts, not with your ears. So and be converted and I heal them. So through this story, our hearts are being asked to hear what Jesus is getting at. Mm-hmm. And, is, and this is true also with any of the, pro- of the, of the parables, the prodigal son, the lost sheep, you know, the good Samaritan, all that. It's like, are you understanding the story merely on an intellective, literal, mm-hmm. superficial level? Or are you understanding with your hearts and maybe like on a bigger level, Jesus too himself as the farmer, as the one who's sowing the seed as the one who's in Galilee, who's proclaiming the kingdom of God, are you understanding him merely on a literal level or are you trying to see beyond and understand him and be converted and healed by him by understanding with your heart? Um, like there could be something there too, you know? So like he's he's appealing to their hearts for the sake of conversion and being healed and not mm-hmm. to uh, their understanding because Jesus is a sign of contradiction himself. Like he's confusing. He's no longer just a mere carpenter from Galilee. He's the son of God. And this is confusing, you know? And so maybe there's an appeal there too. to like, what do you see in me? And are you believing what I say with your heart? Or are you just staying on the surface and dismissing me? Keep going. No, no. And dismissing me as, you know, on on a surface reading of Jesus, Jesus is a very kind of uninteresting figure. On a surface reading of just like, Oh, here's some backwater carpenter who's speaking things and gathering all of these zealots. But if you go beyond that and listen with your heart, you see that this is the man who comes to heal the broken. You know. Yeah, and I think there's, I think the a big tension still today is that we are looking at the teachings of Jesus, Christianity, as just a philosophy or an ethical system of how to how to do right, how to do good. Yeah. Um, and that's not that's not what this is about. This isn't yeah. about uh, knowing the right thing to do. It's about being who we were made to be, being the person that we that God created us to be, right. to be changed, yeah. to be transformed. And I think our I think the prophecy from Isaiah in our first reading really gets at that. Like he's talking about the rains and the snow is coming down to earth, and they never return until they have watered, until they have made the ground fertile and fruitful, mm-hmm. um, until that soil has been cultivated and feeds the people. Then it goes back up, and this. And then it achieves the as the prophecy ends. Um, that's how it the achieves end. the yeah. end for which it was sent. Like, yeah. what is our end? Is it just to be nice? Well, okay, maybe. I don't believe that. It's to bear fruit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Although you could read, like, you could read the first reading also as like Jesus is the Word coming from the Father mm-hmm. who comes to sow the seed, you know, in the world and to cultivate the ground for us, you know. Yeah, and absolutely. That, and that he's sowing the seed and he's laboring deeply so that we might not uh, return to the father void, you know? Um, now, okay, so I'm just sensitive to one thing and that is that to preach on like Jesus's method, I wonder if you're gonna lose people. Like you're gonna lose, because you're gonna focus on something kind of abstract. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. That's a valid concern. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, like the parable is a very concrete thing, and so it's kind of ironic because a very concrete thing then has a very abstract justification. Um, I think there's great value in what you're saying about preaching on what Jesus is doing because that's a big part of this gospel. Um, I'm just trying to think of the people in the pew. You know, how are they going to hear? You know, and I, we don't have to dump down the gospel, obviously, but just how are we going to help interpret what's going on with Jesus's method? Yeah. Like, how do you bring it home for the, for for the people of God? You know, well, yeah, I think. One of the best things that somebody could learn and to understand um, is that trying to figure out which which seed you are and which soil you've been planted in is really not helpful. It's not the point, yeah. It's not the point. And so we all have been planted in fertile soil. Like that's the point of the cross <laughs> so that we mm-hmm. all may have that. Mm-hmm. It really becomes... And we and and it becomes an excuse to kind of punt, you know, all the problems that we have. Well, it's because I wasn't given this or that or the other thing. It's like, well, what have you done? How have you acted upon? How have you watered the earth? And how have you made your soil fertile and fruitful? Right. And not to not to again, this is the temptation to that is to fall into like you know, you can earn your own salvation, but to recognize that Jesus has done the hard work. To go back to last week, um, we take part in that yoke, that burden of Christ. Right. Like it has to be a personal endeavor. Mm-hmm, hmm Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. I think, you know, maybe one, another way perhaps too is to like speak about, like this is kind of my go-to with everything is like, what does this gospel teach us about who Jesus is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of Messiah do we have? And I think one of the things that we could say very clearly, just by not necessarily the particular parable that we have, but we have a Messiah who teaches us in parables precisely because he wants to leave a wide door open for us to encounter him in in this story. Like if there's an encounter, there's an invitation to encounter him. You know, so like we enter into the parable and we find ourselves at different seasons in our, in our life, perhaps different seeds, different soils. So we shouldn't reduce it, like you're saying, to just a simple like, formula it's like who are you are you the good seed or the bad seed it's like i think jesus is opening up a opening up a whole horizon here of saying come into prayer with me and consider this story and yeah you know and i wonder if there's a way to incorporate some ignatian imagination some contemplation like this is in a sense i think really what jesus is is trying to get us to do to think about and to internalize the, the mm-hmm. true reality, the deep reality um, that God has, that God is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can right. only do that through ways that we can understand. Like, okay, farmer, I get that. So let's let's use that to get us somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Proposing something for us to engage. It's a performing thing. We can go into this text and find ourselves because Jesus is inviting us to let him teach us. Actually, there's something really beautiful in that, that Jesus does interpret the scriptures for them right here, you know? Mm-hmm. And so how do I hear Jesus proposing to me a new lesson for myself um, directly? That's good. That's really good. Um, yeah, you haven't said anything about your favorite thing, which is the second reading. What do you got there? <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Uh, I do like this reading. Um, is... Is this my favorite one? No, it's not my favorite. No, I'm saying one. that you tend to like the second reading a lot. I do. I love St. Paul. I think there's a lot of really good stuff here. And I, again, I think it helps to consider this second reading, especially when we start talking about suffering, um, as 
through the through the lens of our gospel reading through how are mm. we how are we looking at who this Jesus is and what do we mean by sufferings of this present age because anybody could tell you like yeah life is hard <laughs> and we suffer a lot right. and just to to like pretend that everything is fine is not Christianity sure sure um, and so what is the deeper way of looking at you know maybe we need to look at this whole this whole section as uh, in those in those terms like how am I reading this on the surface level how am I reading this um, how am I actually going deeper into understanding what St. Paul yeah. is actually trying to say so here's here's one thought this will be my parting thought is that the sufferings of this present time well this look at the psalm the seed that falls on ground will yield a fruitful harvest yeah. and as we know from elsewhere in the gospel is that you know the seed that falls to the ground and dies so the suffering yeah. of this present time it has time, to become something new Right. And so the suffering of this present time is the seed dying in fertile soil so mm-hmm. that the glory to be revealed in us for us is that fruitful harvest. Yeah. Um, cool. What's your parting thought? Be transformed. <laughs> Let the spirit right. come and transform you. Amen. All right, man. Till next time. All righty. Peace.